Welcome to Infinite Earth Radio. We believe that in a world of finite natural resources, a smart and sustainable future is only possible by lifting up people and unleashing unlimited human potential. Infinite Earth Radio will not only help you learn from bright visionary civic leaders who are building smarter, more inclusive and sustainable communities, but you'll discover how you can bring these ideas to your community. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Hancocks and Vernice Miller-Travis. Welcome back to Infinite Earth Radio, where we talk with thought leaders and change agents who are transforming the future by building smarter, more sustainable, and more equitable businesses and communities. This is your host, Mike Hancocks, and our topic today is the arts and community engagement as highly effective community and economic development strategies. My guest today is Juanita Hardy, Senior Visiting Fellow for Creative Placemaking at the Urban Land Institute. Juanita, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Juanita, what is it about the arts that excites you and arts and placemaking? What about your life and history has brought you to this place where you work on these issues? Okay. Well, I live and breathe art, first of all. I've been involved in the arts since the mid-'80s. Well, actually, since the early-'80s, my very first board that I served on art, uh, nonprofit arts board, was a national board. So that's where it, it, where my more active work began. So, and I've been serving on nonprofit boards since that time. I just recently joined another national board. I started collecting art in the mid '80s, and I know how art touched me, got me very engaged in the community in a different way. I am a consumer of art because I do a lot of theater. I love theater. And Washington is a great town for theater. And I support artists. I believe in the work that they do because artists have a way of telling stories uh, through their work in ways that we can hear it, even tough messages. So art is really transformative. I have a background of 43 years in the business world, including 31 years with IBM. So I have, I use both sides, the left, right side of the brain, so to speak. And it has been the combination of those two things. And I have a lot of passion around business too and using creativity to solve business problems. But it was those combination of those two things that got me very interested in the notion of how you could use art to transform communities. So tell us about that. Tell us your vision of what does art, how do you use art to create places that are dynamic and engage people. So I want to say a little bit about ULI because of some context. Since I serve in the role of, as you said, creative placemaking, a senior visiting fellow. So placemaking is something that has been at the heart of ULI almost from its beginning, dating back to 1936, when one of its founders uh, found a way to create an exciting place in a middle of, the, of our country. I won't get into all of the details, but placemaking began within ULI then. And that is what ULI members do. 38,000 of them around the world, 31,000 in the United States, many of them developers, architects, designers. And when they're thinking about creating places, it's exciting places where people want to be, that bring people together, that create a sense of pride. Creative placemaking, which is 
fairly new to within the context of the time frame that I spoke about, 1930s versus today, is something that is being employed over and over again in communities around our country. So creative placemaking is a really important innovation in placemaking, and it's one that ULI in its usual leadership role is very engaged engaged in. So I'm not sure that I'm asking answering your question, but to get at... Okay, so, so I get ULI and their, your history and yeah. of placemaking. Talk to people about the role that arts can play in making great places. Okay, so going back to placemaking, right? That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to make great places that people love. People come, they want to be there, they want to stay there. It's an economic driver, you know, they want to spend money there, they want to live there, right? Creative placemaking is the, involves bringing art, just like you bring good design to a project and you want to have really good design and that's what makes it an exciting place. Creative placemaking brings art and culture along with design, really at the start of the process. It's not, you don't wait to the end and say, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have a good piece, a nice piece of art here? Or shouldn't we think about programming in this space? No, you begin with the notion of we want to have art, good art, culture, and design with community engagement, right? We want to know what the community wants, what are the cultural assets in this community that should, be, should really be applauded here. So you do that up front, right? And that is what takes it to another level of placemaking. What about places that already exist that you want to revitalize, and how do you bring it into that? setting where you're not starting from scratch, but you're working in an existing community. Can you layer art over that in a way that's productive and helpful to create better places? You absolutely can. As a matter of fact, what I just said, whether you're talking about a new building or a new community or an existing community, the notion of you want to make some changes, you know, you want to applaud the cultural assets that are in that community. So how do we do this? We start to think about a vision for the space. We bring all of the right players together, the artists, you know, and that could be performing artists, visual artists. I don't mean just, I mean all of disciplines, right? You, you look at the cultural assets that are in the place. You bring the community residents in, and you begin to vision what is possible. It can be something as simple as, you know what, we want to make this just, we wanted to make it a more interesting place when we walk around, walk through our community. So it could be something as simple as a mural on an existing wall, right? right. Or a painted sidewalk, some interesting layout of the sidewalk, or some enhancements to a park space. So it can be very basic. So any exciting examples of things that people are doing that you've seen or involved with that you'd like to share? Yes, absolutely. So one project comes to mind that I was involved in during the time I ran a uh, nonprofit arts organization. And this organization worked with developers to on creative placemaking projects. This developer had a vision for this project. It's a $250 million mixed-use retail and residential space, right? Where? This is in Washington, D.C. In, in D.C., okay. It's called Monroe Street Market, right? It's in um, northeast part of D.C., off Monroe Street. And the vision behind this, two people, Jim Abdo, who is a developer, and Toby Bazzuto of Bazzuto Management Group came together. 
And they had this idea, and I think it really began with Jim and Toby bought completely embraced it. They had this idea to put 27 artist studios into two buildings that are of a total of four buildings being developed in this space. They were gonna be affordable artist studios and there, there would be an art walk and that art walk would lead to a community center on one end and at the other end there is a stage setting the opportunity for performances and so forth. And the organization that I was working for at the time was engaged to help in the design. This actually predated uh, me. When I got involved, the design had been done, but this the organization had helped with the design of the artist studios because they worked with artists and knew what visual artists and different artists needed. Yep. And then I got involved in the placement of artists into those uh, studios. At the end of the selection process, we place 41 artists in 27 art studios, and it is a thriving, exciting place today. So that's one example Fantastic. of just new, entirely new. And what it did, was another byproduct of this Grady project, is that it brought people together. So the community, the existing community, there was a university, Catholic university was involved as well, and it it helped to unite this community, right? So there is a, another nonprofit dance company called Dance Place that is in the neighborhood. They started running programs along the Art Walk. So it brought people out, important restaurant a chain, a local Washington, but busboys and ports came in, and other retail. And it just became this thriving, exciting place and bringing people together. So that's one example, and that's, that's new. Fantastic. New, Another example is in Macon, Georgia, okay? So in a community in Macon, Georgia called Mill Hill. Now, Mill Hill is considered to be the birthplace of Macon. It was a former mill community, and then the mill business shut down. It was a thriving community, and when they decided to start this project, almost 50% of the community had blighted homes and blighted buildings, right? Wow. So they had this, and on top of it, they had this major highway that divided the community from the rest of the city, right? More thriving part of the city where there was a hospital, a convention center, and other things, but they were sort of isolated. So the city got together, had this vision of how they were going to transform this neighborhood. There was an old community auditorium that was used by Mill Hill, uh, the Mill Company, they took that auditorium, they said, we're going to convert this into an art center so that the community has a place where they can gather, right? And all of these lighted houses along this area, we're going to turn them into artists live, work housing. And they're doing that one at a time. The houses will be sold to the artists, so the artists will own the spaces, right? And these are all affordable units. and But they're doing it in a way that they will continue to exist. It won't be a situation of displacement over time. You know, as, as property values rise, as prices rise, and artists, you know, which typically are sometimes challenged um, with meeting expenses or whatever, right. income, because generally there are a few artists that do really, really well, <laughs> and they're great for them, but then there are some that are just doing their work, committed to their work, and they're living modest life, life, yeah. lifestyles. So anyway, 
these will be spaces that the artists will be able to live in, and live out their lives in. They're Fantastic. putting a park in the area, and they put a stoplight on the highway so that now at least people can cross the street and not risk losing their lives <laughs> because of the highway. So, you know, it's two big urban, rural examples, but art and creative placemaking can work in many different ways and, and it really help to transform. Is there some place folks can go to learn about your work or to learn about the arts and placemaking? Any suggestions? I, yes, I do have a couple of suggestions. One is the creative placemaking term was really coined by the National Endowment for the Arts. They commissioned two individuals to do this study around creative placemaking. And so if you go to NEA and query for creative placemaking, that report will come up. And Godwa and Markinson, I think, uh, are the, the two uh, individuals. Uh, but you can find that. And there is a new book that they just came out with that talks about creative placemaking. And there are lots of case studies and stories and just really good information about how to get started and, and to be inspired by some of the work that's done there. So that's one thing. So let's let's just repeat that again. So where would folks go to find that? They go to the National go Endowment for the National Arts? National Endowment for the Arts. And they should have a search, yeah, on their search for designer creative placemaking. Yeah. And that report and other resources will pop up. Fantastic. The second thing is uh, in the work that we're doing at ULI, and we're now into about halfway through a two-year program in which we're uh, looking at how to bring more creative placemaking projects to ULI is doing a lot of creative placemaking work. We're just looking at how can we do more. So there is an article about creative placemaking that speaks to it within the within our environment. And if you go to uli.org, and again, in a creative placemaking, that article will come up. And there are some other resources that you'll find on that part of the website as well. Fantastic. So any words of wisdom for you know, communities that are, you know, they, they have limited resources and they're struggling to figure out how to make their community better? What argument would you make to them that they really ought to think about creative placemaking as a starting point to building a better community? What we found is that creative placemaking is really an economic driver. That when you bring art and culture and enliven spaces through, uh, through art and culture, it attracts people, as I said earlier, that want to be there, that, that spend money, that patronize local businesses. So I would say if you're looking at ways to bring people together, bring more a sense of community cohesion, then look at ways that, that art can be a catalyst for that, right? Look at the resources that you have in your communities, the assets that you have in your communities, and how can you, you know, promote those and, and lift those up? And artists generally can come up with some great ideas of how to do that. So yeah, fantastic. Start I know there's a, a professor at Michael Powers, I think he's at the University of Montana, who's okay. done some great work talking about how, in the past, people followed jobs. So a big company would move in and people would go to the, where the big company is. But now jobs really follow people. Mm -hmm. People work creatives. People work online. They work remotely. They... So building those places where people want to live and making those dynamic communities that attract people who are creatives and people are going to bring vitality to your community, I could see is just an, an incredible economic development strategy. Yes, absolutely. Juanita, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Michael. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time on Infinite Earth Radio.
Infinite Earth Radio is a podcast produced by Skio in association with the Local Government Commission. To learn more about Skio, Infinite Earth Radio guests, or how you can make a difference in your community, visit our website at infiniteearthradio.com or join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash infiniteearthradio and Twitter by following at infiniteearthradio.com.